This is our seventh session now on Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time, at that time, separated from Christ. There's the fundamental problem. When you don't have Christ, you don't have anything. And he lists four more things that result from not having the Messiah. One, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Two, you were strangers to the covenants of promise. Three, you had no hope. Four, you were without God in the world. But now, and that now is the contrast with at one time or at that time, in Christ. So now this is reversed. So here you were without Christ, now you are in Christ. And the solution to these things in the middle is solved by being in the Messiah here, being in Christ. And last time we looked at what it means to be in the commonwealth of Israel. So in Christ, Gentiles are made citizens of Israel, which then leads to the result that we are no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. And if we have the covenants of promise, then we have hope and we have God. So in this session, just briefly, we will point to three covenants of promise. So Father, as we look to these three covenants that we were so alienated and cut off from and had no promises because they weren't ours, grant now to see what they are, to see how we are part of them now through Christ, in Christ. And so fill us with hope and bring us into sweet communion with God yourself. I pray this through Christ. Amen. Covenant number one, the covenant with Abraham. Way back in Genesis 12, 3, God says, I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. There's the promise. All the families are going to somehow be blessed in Abraham. So when you're in Israel, in Abraham, you are in this blessing. Now, here's what Paul does with that in Galatians 3. The scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, and then he quotes that very verse 12, 3 from Genesis in you shall the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So we come into the blessing of Abraham, the covenant of promise made to Abraham by faith in Christ. Here's the second one, the covenant made with David. I go here rather than to 2 Samuel 7, uh, I think especially verses 12 through 14, where maybe it's a little farther than 14. You can read the precise stipulations, but this one I love especially. Come everyone who thirsts. So anyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Incline your ear. Come to me here that your soul, that your soul may live and I will make with you. Who's the you? Anyone who thirsts. Anyone who comes. 
I will make with you an everlasting covenant. What covenant? My steadfast, sure love for David. And if you want to read the glorious promises made to David, go to 2 Samuel 22 and read the whole chapter. But here's the way it concludes. These are all blessings made to David and us in relation to David as our king through Christ. Great salvation he brings to his king. Great salvation and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. And we are included in that because Jesus is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant, that David covenant. Luke 1, behold, the angel says to Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise made to David, and we are promised to have it if we come thirsting, hearing that our soul may live, I will give, I will make with you an everlasting covenant, everyone who thirsts, and it will be the covenant made with David. And now we understand through Christ. And then there's the new covenant. Number three, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And we have to be in Israel, remember, in order to benefit from this. And we are in Israel through Christ and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took, took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. No, my covenant, which they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant, this new covenant. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And that includes us if we're in Christ declares the Lord, I will put my law within them. That's very different than the law that we broke. And I will write it on their hearts, not on tablets of stone. And I will be their God and they will be my people. That's the new covenant. And how do we benefit from that? Luke 22, 20, the last supper, Jesus says, or it says, and likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that represents his blood shed for sinners, this cup is poured out for you. It is the new covenant. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. When the blood of Jesus was shed, the new covenant was secured for all who are in Christ and benefit from his sacrifice, so that Paul says the summary of our being no longer strangers to the covenants of promise. All the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter the amen to the glory of God. We are no longer separated from Christ, but rather In Christ Jesus, we who once were far off have been brought near 
so that we are now in the commonwealth of Israel and now no longer strangers, but beneficiaries of the covenants of promise. And all those promises made over to us in Christ now bring us hope and God.